Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast with Derek Schneider. We are in our series, a mature apostolic prophetic series, and the feedback we're getting is incredible. We're going to jump right into our episode today, which is where prophecy is idolized, evangelism is minimized. (laughs) Or you could replace that word idolized with glamorized or any kind of overemphasis that is given to the prophetic. One of the first things you'll find is evangelism is minimized or is totally thrown out the door. The emphasis of reaching people for Christ kind of takes a back seat to mystical practices, uh, the awe of something happening, but but most importantly, you have a now gospel frozen in a future season or a future tense. There's always something coming, but not yet, as we already discussed in this series. When you have a prophetic culture, which we love, and every episode I can't always underscore how much we love the prophetic. The prophetic is for today, prophets are for today, and all of that. Uh, We hope that you've been tracking in the series so that you can properly steward and balance this full counsel of God. But that's one of the first things you'll notice is is a very now gospel where God wants to move now and, and the harvest and the emphasis of the Great Commission takes a back seat to something that's coming, dreams, visions, and and an emphasis on something that we really only see in part anyways. We prophesy in part. Now, most would know what I'm talking about when I mention the glamorization or the idolization of the prophetic. We know we're coming to the end of an era, an overemphasis of prophetic ministry, and coming into the full counsel of God, the full counsel of the kingdom of God. But how did the prophetic get so overemphasized and glamorized in this era of church history? Well, we know that God introduced a season in the church, in church history, where the prophetic, which used to be considered fringe many years ago and very few touched it, we didn't, it wasn't like it is today. Uh, that was brought to the forefront, and that was the Holy Spirit. That was God that was doing that, bringing the fivefold back into focus, each one of the offices, and we had a great emphasis of the prophetic and prophets. We, we know that. But the glamorization and the idolization of the prophetic, you can really see materialize when you, again, look at today's modern-day New Testament prophets through Old Testament lenses. The idea that one person hears from God may be better than somebody else. (laughs) The idea that uh, prophets are sort of at the top of the food chain of those who know the Lord because they just hear better than you do and all of that. And we we overemphasize a five-fold office and throw out the door, the, you know, Acts chapter 2, in the last days I will pour my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughter, daughters will prophesy. That is loaded. 
that all can prophesy. Not all are prophets, not all have certain levels of the gift of prophecy, but the idea that somebody can walk into a gathering or a meeting or a church community, let me get a little sociological here, and they hear from God better than the group automatically singles them out in their mind as superior to the inferior who don't hear as well. That's why where, where much is given, much is required, and there's character required to steward the, the power gifts and the, the, the power of God, especially in the area of the prophetic. And we know there are abuses with everything. But that idea that somebody hears better, and we've already touched this in the series, that we all can hear from God. We all can prophesy, and, uh, and we've, we've defined what makes the office of prophet unique and really special in, in, through New Testament lenses. And we may cover that again one more episode. But when you step onto the shores of Canadian soil, you really see this glamorized. There, there's almost, uh, we're almost at a place where you could say Canadian gospel is prophetic intercessory ministry, period. Uh, we have great evangelistic ministries and all types of ministries in Canada, but what you'll see as far as the charismatic world is concerned, is the prophecy and, and intercession is the order of the day. Gather people together, everyone shares what they're hearing, seeing, sensing, feeling, and then we celebrate something that is coming but not yet. <laughs> and it's also a bit of a gospel largely characterized by events held on a stage, lights, camera, action, nothing wrong with that. But imagine you know, the, the, the early church looking ahead into the future and seeing that most of what we do, what we characterize as doing the work of the ministry is renting a venue, uh, setting up all the equipment and uh, microphones, band, yelling, you know, to the God who answers by fire and hopefully he answers. And then we walk out of the building there, Canada shall be saved. Uh, this is just, you know, when we go home to our neighborhoods, our workplaces where the lost really are, where the harvest really is, and we're almost impotent or, or crippled to how to relate to and reach people right where they really are. This is the very opposite of how the Lord Jesus Christ operated and the book of Acts. Is there a place for our, our venues, our gatherings, our summits, our, well, of course there is, but we can hardly limit and minimize this glorious ministry, fulfilling the Great Commission, the work of advancing the kingdom to what takes place in a building for several hours. Uh, this is just takes away from what Jesus has, has done for us. So. Um, we we kind of have labeled this revival in Canada. I, I like to say that much of the Canadian church has exchanged the priority of the kingdom for the idol of revival. Now, that's a loaded statement. <laughs> We've exchanged the kingdom of God and its spirit, the spirit that regenerates and saves the human soul, 
and then as well its principles, the principles of the kingdom that redeem and save society. We've exchanged that for a bit of a mystical perspective, something called revival, that if we can work the right formulas, the right prophetic acts, and, and kind of twist God's arm as if revival is God's problem, then maybe God would hear, send revival, and that will fix the government, the economy, and suddenly Canada shall be saved. And, and I've mentioned before, your, your, your parents prayed that way, your grandparents prayed that, prayed that way, your great-grandparents prayed that way, and, and we're always waiting for something and missing out on a very now gospel. And so the pursuit, I really believe, much of the Canadian charismatic world has exchanged uh, the pursuit of advancing the kingdom in society, which actually does bring transformation, for this idea of waiting, forever waiting on something to come and fix it for us, waiting on God to do something he's asked us to go and do. That's the challenge with revival. So there's nothing really against revival. We want renewal, revival. We love the sunlies of God, extended meetings. All of this is good. God uses revival to revive his church. But revival, you know, has never been some kind of mystical uh, secret access code that will fix everything. We are called to be salt and light in the world. And the goal actually is not so much to pursue revival, but it's to pursue a oneness with Christ that conforms your image into the image of the Lord Jesus and you can make impact in your sphere wherever you are. <laughs> this is the gospel. So when you walk into many charismatic Canadian meetings, you walk into revival culture, which is wonderful because it stirs up an expectation of the suddenlies of God, the power of the Holy Spirit. All of that is good. But I want to remind us today that revival culture without the presence of the person of Jesus really is more religiosity. <laughs> Let me just say that again. Revival culture and the manifestations or imitating the manifestations or forever waiting for something to happen. Revival culture without the awe and presence of the person of the Lord Jesus Christ is really just charismatic uh, uh, religiosity. When it comes to impacting a nation, let me state this very clearly, that prophecy, prophets, and all of that aspect of the gospel is never enough to transform a nation or to disciple a nation. We need the full, the full counsel. And in fact, the principle is only Jesus and his kingdom have the solutions for a nation's problems. Only Jesus and his kingdom, the principles of the kingdom, have the solutions for the world's problems. And we carry that kingdom. That's why there's a necessity and an urgency for us to get out beyond the four walls. It's good that we gather, but it's more important that we scatter and bring what we have to every corner of the nation, bringing transformation in an active way rather than an overemphasis of something coming, but not yet. I want to share with you today two major contributors for what I believe is the lack of breakthrough in our nation, Canada. That's the country I live in and I love as well as perhaps this applies to the nation that you're watching or listening from. And I'm sure it will, as our brand of charismatic uh, Christianity has been exported to much of the world. The two major contributors, I believe, that are holding Canada back in what I would call being frozen in time. 
I, I was talking to a leader recently saying, it's like we've gone back 30 years. <clears throat> I call it being frozen in time. But the first one is a church, the Canadian church, becoming defined by warfare with the government. Uh, as if changing laws will change the hearts of man, which we know is not true. You cannot legislate revival. You cannot legislate uh, the heart of man. The heart is wicked above all else. No man can know it. We need a change of hearts. And, and we've had a very uh, overemphasis in Canada of prophecy, politics. And if we can just change the government, if we can just pray hard enough, work these protocols and prophetic acts enough in the right key locations in Canada, suddenly our government will change its minds and people will vote different. That's actually uh, the belief system we have sold to the Canadian church. And in fact, the obsession over the government and what the government does, which by the way, when you talk to to people and missionaries and, 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 and leaders in other countries, you'll find out that the gospel works just fine no matter what government you have. Do we want a government that is righteous? Absolutely. Do we want that for our kids, our economy, the education sector, business? 100%. However, when we obsess over political power, we slip into functioning with the tools of the political spirit. That's why one of, the, one of the aspects of prophetic culture in Canada, you'll quickly run into the political spirit, seeking territory, seeking power, this pursuit of power, and we forget that our kingdom is not of this world. I'm not against protesting, but there's a lot more we can do uh, through the tools God has given us uh, in the kingdom of God. So a church defined by warfare with its government ultimately sliding into the pursuit of power uh, over our inheritance being the kingdom of God. Number two, an obsession with prophetic formulas and mysticism lulling the church into a spiritual slumber. An obsession with prophetic formulas and mysticism lulling the church into a spiritual slumber. What we talked about before, it's coming but not yet, characterized by an almost complete neglect of a gospel that reaches people right now, right where they're at. Frozen in time, there's something coming. And you'll notice that, that it's stated and framed as if it's just about to happen, or, or we post that it's broken out and Canada is being saved, and then years go by, and they have gone by. We have said this for decades yet the can Canada has continued on its trajectory towards destruction. Something has to change. And this is a mindset shift that if you can lay hold of and, and be freed from some of this charismatic religiosity, you discover that we have a gospel that works right now. I want to give a very basic example of, and I talked about how the, the need for training and equipping of people right where they are, local churches, it's got to translate down to the local church, training and equ equipping people where they are brings effective change. And I remember a man by the name of Patrick Flontek, he attended our church for years, charismatic guy, filled with the spirit, loved the Lord, and he had never led a single person to Christ. Even that right there, when I say that, we think, oh yeah, we're supposed to be evangelizing. The, what was the emphasis supposed to be? We're supposed to be reaching the lost, and, and that's how we're impacting our nation. Uh, so shifting out of 
what's more glamorous into a man named Patrick Flontek who had never led a single person to Christ and he came through our equipping uh, and sending training, our history makers training, and he just caught on fire. He learned how to create a social program that gave him a presence in the community, in the senior centers. So through organizing the kingdom is what we call it, or organized righteousness, he established a program that gave him regular contact with the lost. I'm sorry, but it just becomes so clear, doesn't it? <laughs> organized righteousness. He created a program. This is how you win them in a first world nation. He created a program right there that gave him consistent weekly contact with those who do not know Jesus. And he began leading people to Christ on almost a weekly basis. The shift was so radical and so real that where we had been sitting and waiting before, I can tell you about Aisha Francis who had a prophecy that you know, one day she would create a program that impacted uh, people. Uh, I think the prophecy was more God wanted to use her to reach the broken. She came through our training and took our system building uh, course that's in our History Makers training. And she actually created a program that helps to rehabilitate families impacted by incarceration. Again, organizing and packaging the kingdom in a tangible way that gave her consistent contact with those who do not know Jesus. She didn't minimize and limit herself as a kingdom carrier to just attending every revival meeting, going from one to the other, every gathering, every a conference waiting, thinking, hopefully, now we will have twisted God's arm and God himself will come down and save broken families in our city. No, she became the deliverer. She became the sent one. She became the apostolic leader by being sent out, packaging the kingdom in such a way that she was impacting families. And even the local university took notice of this and began to send their uh, interns, their students to intern with her. This is the power of the gospel of the kingdom. Don't limit your life and your time on this earth to just pursuing another experience or waiting for something to happen. Go, be sent, and if you're not ready to be, to be sent, be trained, be equipped, and then enter into society. So when we rightly divide or when we uh, uh, can see this this whole thing clearly. It comes down to uh, a phrase I want to give you, or a term of prophetic uh, mysticism, that that is holding back the church in Canada from getting breakthrough. So this mysticism, and and here's where I want to define it just a little better for you. This mysticism is rooted in a belief that through various prophetic formulas, you can get God to come down and do something for you that he has called you to do. That's loaded. <laughs> but if you go through the Bible, if you, if you look at scripture, you will see that this is the way it was done. Mysticism, prophetic mysticism, is rooted in a belief that through various prophetic formulas, whether, whether they're called protocols or whatever, you can get God to come down and do for you what he has called you to do. This is actually one of the reasons why Canadian Christianity, as far as the charismatic world is concerned, is largely restricted to gatherings. Gatherings where we do this kind of stuff together, as good as it is, relationships are built, we pray together together, 
We bring in bands, feature speakers, you get the graphic out, you pump it up, you bring in incredible offerings and, and you, you, you do it. Then you do it in a different location, you take it on tour. All of that in and, in and of itself is good, but when you restrict this gospel of the kingdom to gathering instead of scattering, we become absent as it pertains to where the country is going. We're just not present where it really counts. If there's an overemphasis on gathering, well, we end up not scattering. And this is the need for the training and equipping movement, our local churches to become bases of training and equipping, mobilizing people in their calling where they are to bring the kingdom of God and to bring a difference. And so why does this type, here's our, I'll answer our, our final question here. Why does this type of mysticism ensure that evangelism is minimized? Well, it, it, it's sad to say that the answer is quite simple. Because evangelism and reaching people where they are takes courage, takes labor. That's why Jesus said, oh, pray the Lord of the harvest because the laborers are few. Nothing wrong with the harvest. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And it has been somewhat deemed a little less spiritual. I'm happy to say, though, on Canadian soil, we have great forerunners who have gone ahead, like Bill Prankert and different ones, uh, Disciple of City, uh, I'm getting to know uh, Adam Shepsley, uh, James uh, Park, and some of these guys that are just holding Canada to scriptural great commission, reaching the lost. We have great evangelists being raised up in our nation, and we are going to see the full counsel of God, both the prophetic, apostolic, all of the five-fold ministry focus, and especially evangelism, reaching Canadians where they are in a post-Christian nation. God bless. Coming up next week, Prophet understands that now that the Spirit of God has been poured out upon all flesh that all can prophesy, however, just because all can prophesy doesn't mean that all are prophets. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV.